But Christ died. Separation. In his death, God wasn't with him. He had to suffer the absence of God in his death that we would have the presence of God in our death. And there God struck upon him our judgment. And there is our judgment. Some man's sins go before them, some follow. Let's confess ours now, so we'll go on the world. And Christ met our judgments, and God, in the garden of Eden, when he pronounced death upon the human race, the day ye thereof, that day ye shall die. Every human being. And death means separation. That's the reason we call it death to one another. We just separate from one another. But there is no death for a Christian. He that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. That's it, never die. He that believeth my words, he that heareth my words, John 5, 24, he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me, pass, pass in, pass from death into life, shall not come into condemnation. Now, then God upon Christ put my sins and your sins and before them to Calvary. He put my sickness upon him. He put my iniquity upon him. And there he paid the supreme sacrifice for you and I and every human in the world. Every person that ever has an ailment was healed at Calvary. Every sinner that ever was or ever will be was forgiven at Calvary. But the thing we have to do is accept it. By whose stripes we were healed. Past sins. That's when he done it. Every um, certain religious group of people at Louisville, Kentucky, teaches that if a baby dies and his parents did not have the Holy Spirit, a baby will never be no more. That it's finished forever. And I was discussing this recently with one of the people. I said, oh, that can't be. That poor little innocent baby has no control of it. Why, it had no way. How did it come here? It couldn't help being here. It couldn't help cause his father and mother were sinners. I'll say this by the authority of God's word. Every baby that's under the age of accountability dies, goes to glory. Yes, sir. Christ died to take away the sin of the world. And when you come to the age of accountability, we were all born in sin. But when he died, he's taken away the sin. And when you come to the age of accountability, then you're responsible from then on. See? It isn't, you're not responsible for something you did not do. Christ died to save you to take away the sin that Adam caused. But when you sin, you have to confess your sin. First, you have to confess it. But the baby's done those sins. It's not accountable for what it does. And Christ died to free that baby and not. If it's part of a parent, drunkard, whatever they might be, that baby goes to heaven. I believe it. And I believe it will come in recognition of the cross when he gets there to know that Christ died for it. I believe that. Yes, sir. Oh, I, I'm a great believer in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Uh, what he's done and what he is to me tonight is more than life to me. I just get to talking to you and get past my place. I want 
uh, take just a little time. Uh, many of you might be wondering why I'm not getting to service for a while. I just did in first place just 25 and 30 at night to stand on the platform and so forth. And it's time to conserve myself to hold out for my experience. Uh, this is be the longest meeting that I've ever held. In and uh, Brother Lindsay told me, he said, Brother Brandon, just show up and preach a few nights and hold yourself over. So we just come right out of the big meeting and then went right home and then just concrete on the run and then right in here again, going right out of here, right to Kansas City and right on into California and hard going forth from there. And it makes it pretty hard to see. Well, just this meeting would be different, but I never want to let myself get too far out again like I did the other time. Sitting at the platform for eight days and nights without leaving. Eating at the platform, sleeping on the side of the pulpit in the prayer line, still standing. And I just lay down and sleep a little bit and wake up. And I hear that music is only believe, only believe. They put me in the car as sleeping, I couldn't sleep then. And they put me in the car just be used to them with those interviews about five minutes. And I started to go home, I drive up the road. I had an old Ford that was just about gone. And I, I would drive up the road a little piece and stop. And I pulled all the hairs out of my hands, thinking, my going in there now, trying to keep away, praying to the sick people, waking myself up on the And I hit the side of my knee on the old Ford to beat the side of it out like that, trying to keep away from making sick calls. I remember a little joke, not a joke, I don't mean to say it that way, but just something that's kind of funny. I was going up the road and I got so sleepy, I'd hear cars blowing, I'd be on the other side of the road. And I, but one time I woke up and I was way out in the cow pasture with my hands out saying, it'll happen to if you just believe. <laughs> I thought it was praying for the sick out in the cow pasture. My wife, listen, I got home and she tried to put me to bed and I asked her there they was lined up all around the house, and I was, I woke up, I had a feel of hugged up in my arm like this, saying, God bless you, honey, you sure get well, and, and she was standing there crying and shaking me, she said, honey, what's the matter? I said, oh, and I thought I was friends with her, I back down, and I go over there, and I remember just barely got to sleep, just barely asleep. And he went out and had this little old two-room shack, cold as it could be, and he had an old quilt and the door shoved together to keep the chimney from taking the morning. And there was, I remember laying across the bed, and it was tired. I just couldn't move. My little baby didn't know me. I'd lost so much weight, my little girl. And I went in, I laid down, and I heard an old car coming up and stopped. Almost six weeks now, I've had to speak. 
But no one knows what's the matter, Dr. Kingstopper. No one wants to know. So I constantly drove all the way, Ohio, by the way, to come from Ohio, all the way down. And, uh, and I heard her say, well, if you see, just finished leaving about five minutes, you just said, I was laying out, well, I'll try to go back to sleep. But I'll go back to sleep, and poor old mother sitting out there in a baby in her arms in the kitchen. The thing that maybe a little intercession would help the baby. I couldn't do it. I got up, put on my shirt, tried to go out into the floor, and got out to the kitchen. There's such a mother there with a little baby. My wife was talking to her, trying to want to make her something, or a cup of coffee or something. She said, no, we just got something to coming down. I said, how long has you been crying, mother? She said, almost six weeks. I don't know what's the matter with it. I said, if I'll ask the Lord, will you believe you'll bless it, and then you can, you'll go back home believing, holding up. She said, yes, Brother Branham. I knelt down, wife, we were around the table. The mother laid a little baby on the table, and I put my hands up on the little thing, and I said, Father, you brought this little fellow into the world. He can't talk. We don't know what's the matter with it. Doctors can't find the trouble. But will you just help the little thing? And while we yet had her in his hand, laying on a little baby, quit crying. A few moments of his good and laughing. We sat there and talked to each other a few moments. And the baby's normal and well. They take it one on home. Oh, my friend, God only knows. Someday, I'd like to take each one of you out and sit down and talk with you a while. Today, I, my little girl, they take her down to a little place down here, got the little zoo, and I thought she'd stay a little long, so I was being a little trouble, my brother and them take her down, mother. We sit down, got the car, we run down and find. Well, I just got in there looking around, the car was gone, so it had already come back. There was a sister, walked up, a brother first, and he said, brother, friend, I said, yes, sir. Turned around, shut his hand. But I'm in Indiana. I said, Yes, who said I? It's in the meeting. He said, What's your trouble? And he said, It's my wife. She walked up. While I was standing there, that poor little woman with such a, a taste. I looked at her and I felt what it was. I said, I'll tell you what's wrong with you, sister. He said, You have humor. That's right, brother. He said, oh, if I can just get a prayer card for the Thursday then to get in the ground, I trust that she will. Over in the 27th chapter of the Acts, let's read just a few verses, begin at the 20th verse. This is Paul on his missionary journey. I just love to read about while you're turning. I see someone getting in the Bible. I love to read about those things and those things. I was thinking of Peter up on the housetop waiting for dinner down at, the Sina, at the Simon's house, the tanner, down at Joppa. And Cornelius, a righteous man, a good man, was in prayer. And an angel came to him and said, Send down to Simon the tanner and ask for one Peter who will come tell you all things. While Peter was on the housetop, he seen a sheep let down full of all kinds of creeping things. Rise, lady, you had a vision. I thought of, of here come when Paul was passing through by Philip's house, it was, he had four daughters and they were prophets. And when they went in, thus saith the Lord. 
this man will be bound when he gets to Jerusalem. I thought of it. A vindicated prophet of God came down from Jerusalem. Seen Paul perhaps standing in the yard there and walked over and pulled the black girdle string from around him, tied his hands and said, Thus saith the Lord. A man that is bound to be bound in chains when he gets to Jerusalem. Seeing the visions of the people, then to read of Paul, storm, he told them that don't lose from this place and go, because it'll be to your heart. See, God's always had ministering spirits. I believe in it. I believe in ministering spirits sent from the presence of God. The Holy Spirit, minister, lead the church, guarding angels that watch over where angels always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. Is that right? Notice, 20th verse now, when Paul was out there in the storm, was fearful. And when there was neither sun nor stars, many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, and all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. All hope. Think of that. Maybe you're sitting here tonight, all hope is gone. Maybe your little bark that you're in, sailing across the earth, all hope is gone. You got cancer. Something else. Tuberculosis, heart trouble, or something that'll kill you right away. Remember. A person's got cancer, heart trouble, or TB, something like that. Something is done right away. They're not going to live long. Heart trouble is number one. Cancer is number two. Birthday is number three. Notice, all hope is gone. But after a long absence, all stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sir, oh my. I believe he did down the Galilee praying, don't you believe so? You should have hearkened to me and I'm not a Lutheran priest and to have gained this harm and loss. But now I exhort you to be a good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Think of it. Why would you say this, Paul? Still just as dark as it ever was, the storms just as hard as it ever was. What makes you stand so boldly now? Everybody, 14 days and nights, no sun, moon, stars, and other ships blowing, wind blowing. I didn't know where there was that out in the middle of that ocean. If you was ever out there, well, the biggest of ships now look like a peanut hull all over on those waves. And what those little old ships then look like? All hope is gone. Paul said, "Sir, I love that." Should listen to me, not lose. But there'll be no loss of life from this ship. Watch. 23rd verse. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose servant I am, and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Listen at his in his vision. Wherefore, sir, be of a good cheer, for I believe God 
that it shall be even as it was told me. Oh, don't you just love that? It'll be as it was told me. If the angel truly comes from God and is sent from God, it's bound to be a direct message from the Lord. Now, I want to just bring this instance that I told you I would tell you. Run up prayer line. Does it bore you for me to tell you those instances? If it does, I'll just start. I, I'm only doing it to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ with me. And some of the ministers tell the other things through the day services and so forth. I try to get something if they a book. Friends, that thick, three or four hundred pages wouldn't hold the testimony that the Lord has done directly. No wonder he said these things that I do greater shall you, or I go to my father. Now notice this one thing for your faith that you might have perfect confidence when you're told anything, stay right with that. Don't you leave a bit of it. No matter how she twists or blows, you stay right there. God promised it. God will do it. Is that right? Now, in the, in the gift working, the Word will do it itself. But the gift working is a double confirmation of God. Now you're sitting here, all of you looking at, this away and listening to the Word. God in heaven knows I do not see a person that I know. Only the one that does know it, that's God. God knows all about you. And God can heal you. Now he should first, his word tells you what he will, what he will do. God's word says what he will do gives you a promise. We all believe that, don't we? It's what God's word. Then he sends a gift down into the church. And now, a gift, people, now I, I love you all. God knows that. When this life is over, I want to make an appointment with everyone attended this meeting. Just to spend a thousand years together, just one day to talk things over down by the sea of life. This is one of the smallest meetings I've ever uh, had. Smallest audience. But it's been one of the most sweetest and glorious meetings that I've ever been in in my life. There hasn't been too many miracles. There hasn't been too many things happen. There's just a sweet, heavenly atmosphere. Now, I know what it is. The groups of people that never knew this glorious, matchless way that are coming in daily, giving their hearts to Christ. And that pleases the Father. That's what is happening. I wish I had a way to stay in Cleveland or leave and come back again. You see, right? Oh, here's where it needs it. Looking around over the city and seeing the conditions. Walking in the city and seeing many other people go out. This gift is a pioneering. It must go into the places 
If it's rainforest, there'll be people who will follow me in here. Gospel ministers and so forth, the revival. But first, before you can get the people, there's got to be a godly demonstration of something to fool the people, to let them recognize that it is the truth. That's right. And now notice, the meetings are glorious, wonderful, and I love you all. It must be confirmed. Anyone can say anything we wish to. And they can have impressions. But when God really sends something, he'll vindicate that to be the truth. See? God will speak of it. The Bible said in Hebrews, God testifying of his gifts. Hebrews 11, 10. That right. God testifying. Then you've got God's testimony. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God. you believe it? When he comes to you, he'll testify that it's there. All God's gifts testify. There isn't nothing you try to make believe. That won't work. You've got to be positive. Now, a confirmation of the presence of God is that he shares through the word that he shares his gifts. Now notice how they work and how they are confirmed. Quickly, I shall hurry quickly now. And your faith is getting real high. I believe just about as high as I can see faith rise. The thing you need now is to let your faith loose. See? But what you're wondering is to get up here on the platform and see those people heal here. But if you just turn yourself, your faith loose out there where you are, it'll be just the same where you are. It's your faith anyhow. See? It's your faith. Only faith is the only way you can get it from God. Anything. Your salvation, forgiveness, anything comes from God through faith. Believe it. Accept it. No matter what it looks like here, we don't look at what we see. We look at what we do not see. Is that right? Anyhow, to see doesn't mean to look at. The word see means to understand. Jesus said, except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, he can't understand the kingdom of God until he's born again. See? You have to accept it by faith. Then when he comes into you, you understand it. You accept healing the same way. Stay right with it. Not what you look at, what you believe. What you understand to be the truth. What you're looking at, the unseen. You stay with that. That's why all these visions. I just lay my life right on any for it. never fails. I have faith in it. I believe it. If I get you to believe the same thing, it's over then. Now, quickly to a vision. I told you I'll tell you tonight. I'll just take about 15 minutes on this conference. It happened two years ago. I was in my room right after a big meeting. And I seen a rocky, hilly country. Just as natural. It's not what you had. It's not a dream. A dream is a dream. 
A vision, something you're looking at like I'm looking right now to you, or you're looking to me. Sometimes I'll be standing right like this, I'll sit in my room. Be sitting in my room talking to my family. And move completely away and be gone for an hour and a half or two hours. And it sits perfectly still without a speck of breath. That's what medical science can understand. Where it's well, not even a speck of breath, you can put uh, uh, as fine as things you want to around my nose and not a bit of breath, they tell me. But my respiration heartbeat just the same. What they don't understand. Taking out into another country, another world. And when you return, you have just exactly what God has said, and it never fails. And it can't fail. It's God. I know it seems maybe pretty strange for somebody to think that a person without even a grammar school education or something like that to make these statements and say, oh, where could it be? It would be something. If it come, it would come from some great church. Perhaps say the, if someone said the other day, I remember my people raised behind me, I'm Catholic, and I have nothing against Catholic people. They're just as good as anybody else. That's exactly right. We're all that we're born again. If the Protestants would be just as true to their beliefs as Catholics are to theirs, it'd be a lot different. That's the reason you notice they bring a Catholic to this platform. Brother, he's, I know what I'm talking They believe in what the priest says is right. That's right. What the priest says, that's law and gospel. And if they can see the signs and wonders performed, then they believe me. And that's all they have to do is believe it. See? And it happens. Now, these gifts and callings without repentance, I notice God works these things out in his own way. Now, in the room, when it happens, I become a semi-conscious, leave the earth somewhere, return back, see just what's happening, and tell the people, write it down, and maybe some has this piece and can tell how it wrote in your Bible. I told it all over Florida, up to Central America, through Canada, down through winter, back down in to the eastern part of America before it happened. He wrote my book, which is coming out. Already put in the book. The vision, this is one vision that never has been fulfilled, but I said, Thus saith the Spirit of God, it shall be fulfilled. And before the book come off the press, the vision's fulfilled. We'll go take it up to prove it. Now, I was in a vision, I saw a rocky country all around. I've seen a child about to the age of this little lad laying here now that seems to have a verbal affliction. And he was had dark hair, dark brown hair, a little flat looking face, flat nose, a cute looking little boy, about ten years old, but very poorly dressed, laying dead on the side of the road, killed in an accident. Now I went by. The angel Lord said, Can the boy live? I said, sir, I do not know. He showed me how to get down before the boy. And I laid my hands up on him. They fixed to take him to the morgue or somewhere. And the boy came to life and lived again. And I began, has anybody here heard me repeat that before? Let's see your hand there. Yes, sir, there's people. All right. I'm fixing to tell you the story now. Now, And you're witnessed by incarnation. That's right. For the chief governor. I went to Miami, Florida, Dr. Bosworth's meeting when it began 
I went down there. We had a little meeting there. That I beg your pardon. I went down there to assist a little boy in a couple nights meeting, and they turned the tent over to me. It's a little boy, little David. We prayed for him the night when he was been unconscious. And I went. He asked me if I'd come down and spend the night with him, and I went down to spend the night. The night before that, I had the meeting. I thought, well, the reason I went, I said it may happen down there. But it looked like a rocky looking something. And so I said, I couldn't take my mind too much off of it. Just watch so I would know the country. Just exactly when I see him. And I, when I looked at seeing what was taking place, I went into this, looked to the tent, a tent about this size, I suppose. And I told the people, I said, somewhere there's a little boy just right how he looks. He's going to be raised from the dead. All of you write it down in your Bible. I said, if it doesn't come to pass, you people who take a, Brother Lindsay's paper there, the little voice of Healy, I said, Brother Lindsay will put that article in the paper. I said, if, if Brother Lindsay witnesses this himself. So we went ahead, and the next afternoon, there'd been a little boy drowned in the, in the, the irrigation ditch coming through out the west side of Miami. And when I went to the tent that night, they had a group way back there that said, he's a little boy drowned this morning, and he's laying back here now. They haven't taken him to the morgue. And since you mentioned that last night, the people wondered that this is the little boy. I said, I'll be glad to do it. And the ushers and many of the ministers taking me back. I said, now, you remember what the little boy looked like? So I went up. The little boy was about five years old, cold, black-headed. I said, no, no, that isn't a child at all. So I said, this boy's eight or two, about between eight and ten years old. Got a funny cut hair. It's kind of like a uh, chopped off here in the back. Like his hair is... Very, this little boy had a very neat haircut and a little bitty fella. I said, no, that's the wrong boy. He's too young. I said, that boy's five, about five years old. And I said, this boy's about eight or ten. That's here and that child. That little boy was dressed pretty neat, but this little boy's all, all his clothes are all off of him almost. And I said, I'm sure it was an accident by a car. For it looked like he was all beat up and tore up. I said, but anyhow, and I offered prayer for a consolation of family. And a minister from Indianapolis was there by the name of Raymond Huckster. Many of you might have known him. And he was with the little David. He buried the little boy a couple days afterwards. I went on up to telling the people in the meetings everywhere. I said, now there's one vision that hasn't come to pass. A great master vision that's going to stir everything. And went on through Canada. And many of you, as you know, have been in the meetings. I said, write it in your Bible. For thus saith the Holy Spirit, it will be. It has to be. And in Colby, Old Finland, we were up there, which is way up near the Laplands, the land of the midnight sun. Now, I've been up in a tower, fasting. Many of the ministers have been up there. I had one interpreter, Miss May Isaacson. Many of you might have noticed her. And so she was an American, Finnish American. And we came down, and there was an Englishman there from England was drunk and going on, but the singing of the songs on Golgotha, and they all sing their songs in minor. I like that. I like something you feel in your soul, a feeling. I, I like Jubilee songs, Brother, give me near my God to thee, Jesus, keep me near the cross, that's right. Those are the things that get down in my heart. And the man, we were sleep time of leading to Christ, Brother Lindsay, Brother Baxter, a group of us. We got in the car and started down the hill, many of them went on, and most of them over there, I realize I'm speaking to Finnish people, 
and they're very poor. If some of you American women, young women especially, had to dress like them poor finished girls, great big, thick clothes and all kinds. But they're lovely, just the, the very cream of Christianity. And so we, coming down, they had a taxi up there, horses and buggies, or taxis, going down the hill. Well, many of them went on, and I stayed back with some ministers, and Brother Lindsay, Brother Jack Moore, and I, and Miss Isaacson, and two more ministers, was coming down the hill, and cars are very, very scarce in town. We seen a time where it had 10,000 or more gathered, and thousands standing on the street, and maybe five cars for you. Gas needed about 65, 70 cents a gallon, and cars cost about four or five thousand dollars, you can imagine. Now, then, coming down the mountain, we come way down and was going out. I was back there. He said, Brother Bam, can't you break your fast and you eat just a little? I said, No. The Holy Spirit doesn't want me to eat. I went on down, I thought there was something odd. And all of a sudden, I looked, I seen crowds gathered on the road. And there's a little boy had been run over by a car and killed. It's two little boys were crossing the road, and the car hit him straight this way, and it hit one little fellow by the chin and just rolled him over that way. Uh, about a 35 Ford sedan driving at speed about 60 miles per hour, and drove the little fellow that way, and they got him in the car, in another car, and they took him to the hospital. But this little fellow hit him square as it turned to try to dodge the children. Knocked him across the road to the north. Another little boy fell to the south and knocked him to the north, run over him, mashed him out of the car, and kicked him out from behind the car the wheels did when he run over him. And he was laying on the side of the road, all bruised up, like over it, way over the grass, as far as that post is. They had something over him. Very pathetic. And Brother Lindsay crying like a baby. And then when we got out, this great group of people together there, and the mayor of the city, they call him the chief governor there, I think, or something which means about the same as the mayor of the city. We're standing by, and when I got there, they said, now here's what they said, Mr. Isaac just told me. They said, here's that miracle worker from America. Let's see what he'll do about this. See how the Satan, oh my. We'll see what he'll do, like I could do anything about it. But in all God's wise providence, how you think? Now, I looked at many children. When I got the little child there, I looked at it. I said, Say, I've seen that baby coming. So excited, I have a little boy that's a little larger than myself. And I was thinking about that poor mother, heartbroken, her little boy laying dead, coming home from school, a little fellow dressed real poorly, but being so worked up over that and hearing Brother Lindsay crying and all of them, and I was crying myself. I couldn't help it. Anybody's got a feeling for human beings would be crying. And Miss Isaacson was crying, Brother Moore. And I said to Miss Isaacson, I said, ask that pastor if that little boy comes to his church. I said, no. And I all had to talk back and forth to the church. And I said, well, ask if he's ever... Brother Lindsay, a little more, I said, I've seen that little boy. Come. I looked at him again. I thought, well, I thought, what was a little talk? I said, how long has he been dead? 
people. I see her coming up to me, and she got close. I wonder what does she want? And she got right up close to me. She talked a little brace and stood. And she, them little baby blue eyes looked up at her little lips and quivered. And she got a hold of my coat. She pulled it up close to her, kissed my coat, let it drop back. She got a little crutch, moved back, looked up her little lips and then pulled her little skirt out and said, Oh, my heart was like a child. I know that baby was cheating. That attitude crawled ahead and couldn't keep it back from keeping that child. No, sir, that angel said if you get the people to believe you. That's right, that child believes the child likes the Yes, sir, I know that baby was healed. I was trying to tell you, you're healed. You're going to remove your braces, you're healed. God has healed you. And they said, push me on. I went on out to the platform. That night after the service over, there's a lot of crippled people there in the line. You'll get the boys of healing, I guess you'll notice that old arm loads of crutches and things there where the people can take laughing in their home. I was just getting a little rest and six to take me. And I said, let's have about ten more prayer cards called. He said, what number shall you call from? I said, call from a certain number. And I turned around like this to get a drink. And I was the first one. On the platform. Oh my, it's a little heart was a jumping, you know. Trying to get to me, pulling herself back like that. She got real close to me. I said, sweetheart, come here, sister Isaac, and I want you to tell her. Tell her that she was healed out there. See? Go down there on the side of the platform before this audience. One limb a little shorter than the other. I said, and when they take the braces off of you, let her hands go right down like that as you go off. You're healed. I went ahead and she went over there, said, Jesus, and she got over there, she took her braces off, where she come back, down the platform, running with her braces over her head, screaming and crying, run up and down the steps as far as she could go, and it happened to be one of the vehicles around her, we brought her. Then we had a surge, sure enough, in the city, to meet all the people. The next day, somebody keeping them away, and trying to keep the people out. And so Sister Ike was Brother Branham said that little boy, the other little boy was hit, said, dying, this is the third day, and said, he's dying. Said, they want to speak to you. I said, well, bring him on up. I went out there, and I was the interpreter. They said, we come, but I said, what do you want of me? We want you to go heal our little boy, like you brought the other one. I said, look, sister, brother, I can't do that. That was a vision God showed me two years ago. But if you go down to the hospital and raise our little boys, go to die, and we love him. And I said, sure you love him. But I said, I can't do nothing until God shows me what to do first. I said, then if he tells me something, well then, she said, go. I said, look, if I wanted to find favor with God, if I wanted to favor somebody, I'd try to find favor with him first. I said, now, look, I don't say your little boy will die or whatever. I don't know. I said, well, if the other could be raised from the dead, surely I would like to be saved from death. I said, God can do it, but I'm just his servant. He has to tell me. So, he said, I said, you give your life to Christ. Your little boy dies. Now, if you are not Christian, you'll never be with him no more. But if you die, if he dies, and you're a Christian and you die, you'll go to heaven and be with him forever. Well, we've seen that was a, a good proposition. 
So we asked what to do. We knelt down there, and I had them to repeat prayer and to give their hearts to Christ, which they did, and then they raised up, and they said, go in and ask God what to do. Well, I said, I shall go in and pray, and I'll let you know. I said, we'll wait and find out what he said. I said, that's very lovely, but he don't have to answer me, see. He might not answer me for a week. He might not answer me. He might answer me in an hour. But you go on home, and I'll tell you what he said. To know you go out to the hospital. I said, he can answer me in this room just the same as he could at the hospital. I said, go and believe him. And whatever he says, if he says your baby's going to die, I'll send you word. If he says your baby's going to live, I'll send you word. But I can't say until first he tells me. All right. I went in and prayed. Nothing. I went to the hospital. The little boy getting worse, thinking all the time. That night passed. That was the night the little triple girl was here. Then, next night, come along, nothing had happened. I went and all those people were frantic. They called every 15 minutes on the phone here. And this is Isaac. Well, what has the Lord said about our child? Nothing had been said. I went in that night, my brother Howard, standing over here, working for his He went in with me. And there's candy over there that poor people don't have sugar to put in it. And he got a whole two little pieces of candy that day, about that day. He said, Brother, I'm going to give this to you. So when Brother Baxter went to his room, Brother Lindsay and everyone, and I had a room to myself, so I can always be alone to pray. I took these two pieces of candy and went in. And as I went in, I laid them down like that, and I walked over there to the window. It's still light. Don't get dark at that time of year. And I raised up my hands, and I said, Oh, great Jehovah. Swallowed, real quick, as I swallowed, the one to the south raised up. 
this is the one from the north. And he looked at me, vanished from my sight. I stood there, I ran up wide. I said, Brother Moore, come forward. Sister, Sister Isaac and all of you, come here. Get a hold of Father and Mother and say, Let's pray the Lord. Your baby shall live. They call for it, the doctor doesn't give it up. They hadn't washed it since the dinner was so bad, concussed to the brain and everything. Did that work in the nation and work it while your face is going down? And so they called around the house, and the woman is taking care of the other little child. So they were at the hospital, they had a emergency call, the baby was dying a few moments ago, and they rushed to the hospital. She called the hospital, and the mother comes up on weeping. She said, Miss Isaac, he said, Brother Bannon said, Thus saith the Lord, your child shall live and not die. She said, Oh, Sister Isaacson, about five minutes ago we were watching for the light to go. Glad to see everyone present here tonight. Be there with a room called 
Now look across the table and see some of them. These old veterans. These saints of God. We'll be said that we'll have to cry a little. Just to reach across the table and get one of their little hands and say, you'll never cleave when we had the meeting. We, then the king will come out in his beauty, walk down along the table and take his nails by hand, wipe all tears dry, say, don't cry anymore. It's all over now, there's no more speeches. You'll never have to have another healing campaign. There'll be no more weary nights, it's all over, no more hunger, you're all here. See a look at courage, all this world of chaos, into the marvelous light of the gospel of the Son of God. Granted, dear Father, may times and others be done tonight, but imagine by Him who we love, for we ask for in His name. From Q1 to Q15, if you stand in line to my right and your left, everyone else remains seated forward.
can even be apparent before you from uh, God will heal that triple leg and make you with all your heart, whatever one does. Oh, Jesus, merciful Son of God, born to the virgin Mary, suffered under a pile, crucified a Calvary cross, the innocent or the guilty, died, buried, rose up the third day, sitting at the right hand of God the Father, now making intercession for us. I come to thee to have a sister here. Down through the cycle of time, you spoke to her since even before she came on the earth concerning her parents, came from her down to this age. Here she came tonight, bound in her left limb, suffering a nervous condition. Many things have bound her. Thou who knows what's been in the past, knows what the future will be. Speak it to thy servant's lips, O God. Hear my prayer. Satan, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, leave the woman. All right, sister, look this way. Thank the Lord for blessing me. You can be healed that back double if you just believe. You believe? Stand on your feet and for Christ is all over with you. Amen. 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 All right. Good evening, sir. Equally, 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 
And that's what the worry is right now. That's he knows God is here to make him go. It's to make him go. It's to make him go. It's to make him go.
our Heavenly Father, brought in Jesus from the grave, I ask you to be merciful to this truth. Satan has harmed me. A death spirit come upon him to cause him to walk before a vehicle somewhere and be killed. Shorten his days. Cutting off the circulation through his hands, stiffening them in his hands. But he comes tonight, Father, as a believer. Make his testimony great in the, the community that he lives in. May his testimony cause a revival, getting aged. Just a little while to work for Jesus. And may he be able, by his testimony, to win many, many souls to you. Granting this opportunity, Father, we're taught that all things work together for good for them that love you. Help me now in this challenge of faith against St. Thou demon powers that have bound this, our brother, in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, come out to me. I'll go on the the vibration blessing just a moment. Right hand, my left hand, which is near my heart, 
and I do it with all my heart. Now look, I want you to walk. I see my hand, I watch your See it now? Now stick your hand right back the same way that way. Look at that. You what I mean? Now, sister, that's the power that you have a female disorder, isn't it? It's almost this thing. I want to ask you a question. Now, that was just a question I asked her. Was it true, sister? I told you at that time. It's true. This is a secret. I couldn't speak before the audience. Believe me, with all your heart and being healed, will you do this? That's how Father, we thank thee for thy mercy. Bless our dear sister now. May the power of the enemy leave her. She's trying, Lord, trying to have faith, and she comes to thy servant to help her in faith, to intercede for her. And I'm blending my faith with her. And I go in this channel now of faith to challenge this demon that bound it. Satan, you who bound this poor little woman to take her life, I come in this challenge of faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray you the gift of divine healing ministered to me by an angel. Come out from the woman through Jesus Christ's name. Now, Amen. Very clear. Now, before I raise my eyes, or look, sister, you look at my hand. Is it normal? It's like the other is now? Now, look, sister dear, something happened, hasn't it? Now, you know that beyond the shadow of doubt. Standing here telling you things of your life. Is that right? What is wrong with you? Now, what? Now, there's mine. Just the same. Now, take yours. Just the same. Now, put the other just the way you had it all Something's happened, hasn't it? Well, you're healed, sister. That's what it is. You're going, you're Everybody be just as reverent as you can be. Believe with all your heart. Different. Notice. Right and Right. Bring the lady on. Even if some place will bring for me. All your troubles and things. Imagine it. You believe with all your money. You believe I'll have God. He'll give you freedom again. And let us bow our heads, if you will. I'm going to be a failure. She's serving you in the capacity here to think. So ordained that she should do this. We thank you for her healing. Pray God that she'll be a great testimony in her community to Jesus. God bless you, sister. You know when it happens, so that's it's gone. Let's say praise the Lord, everybody. Oh my, what you saying there? The power of the Holy Spirit is number two. All right, bring the lady. And everybody be real reverend.
sort of tell you something. You had to do anything wrong. Main thing is you got a lot of cash. And I can see how you are moving when the thing come before me and I see what's happening. All right. Now, you've had trouble in your life. Quite a bit of it. You've had an operation in your life. And you've been bothered with other troubles, but you know what I'm speaking You understand. Is that all true? All true. All right. Your faith is at the right place, sister. Just at the right place to be healed. If you just accept it, now will you do it? But uh, Heavenly Father, bless this thy hand, may God, that she may be free of this demon tonight. That's fine. Faith in the name of Jesus Christ, leave the woman. Now's the time for you to act. Raise your hands up. What's your feet up now? What's your You believe that what I've told you is the truth? All the things that you've heard are the truth? It is. I mean what you've heard me say here. What you were thinking, I hadn't told you what was wrong with you. But I will be able to do that. For we promised me that I would. And then I, I know I'm going to be all right. Something you have in your heart, don't you?
this party here, I just prayed over this, is somebody in Hollander, Hotel Hollander. Hollander. All right, this is for a handkerchief laying right here. They may come and receive it. I just had it at the room. Or, what's the, the telegram? What's the name? Please pray for me and Charles Conn. Oh, this is the name. Here's prayer request. I just before that's our head, probably pray over you. Father, Father, you know all things and can do all things. And we're committing these letters to you now, these requests, laying on this platform on the pulpit. That you will heal every one of the people that they represent. There's many that deeply and sincerely in distress and in need. God, hear the prayer of your children as we're binding ourselves together now. And with one accord, we pray that you will heal every one of these people and make them well. Through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, how many want to please, if we'd ask God just now, you could have your healing. Now look, it would take, it would take about an hour to get through one from all more of you. Now God knows all that. Now see, when, here's what it is, friends. When you go to moving like that, it, it begins to seem that, that it's just, you have to sing it out and when everybody's looking, just imagine just about 3,000 things buzzing against you at one time. You have to almost get the person right before you when it's coming like that, before you know just what it is. But please, if I have found grace in your sight, if you believe me, and God who I stand before knows that about the gift and the vision is true, so help me, dear Lord Jesus. I want to go to heaven when I leave this earth. And I don't want to go there and try to get in as an imposter. I wouldn't get in. And I'm testifying of the truth. And nightly, I feel condemned for having you bring people up to you, tell them what is wrong, and bring. And it makes the people kind of get in this place. You have to to get all the people into the prayer room. That isn't necessary, dear friend. Now, I know there's people go through the country and say they're the only one that has the right to pray for the sick and so forth. Now, that is an error. Any Christian has the right to pray for the sick. The Bible said, confess your false wonder and pray one for the other. Everybody. Your pastor here has just as much right to pray for the sick as I or anyone else. You don't have to follow healing campaigns. Sometimes in healing campaigns you see the things going to pass. Someone making a, a testimony of healing, it stirs your faith. You see signs. But do you remember the angel of the Lord that as the prophet Moses was given two signs to prove to Israel that his testimony was true, so will you be given two signs. Have you heard it before? You've heard the story. And Moses performed those signs one time. That was enough. Is that right? Here went Israel falling to the promised land. 
I trust that God will give you grace for the next five minutes to believe that I'm telling you the truth. I say this upon the merits of Jesus Christ in the Bible and the testimony of the gift to confirm it that Christ's attitude is exactly the same towards every one of you. He's here to heal you this night. Maybe you might not have the spontaneous faith to bring you know, something that's a miracle right to you. You may not have that kind of faith. But Jesus said if you had the faith like a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be moved, and by and by it would come to pass. It would vanish it away, but by and by it would come to pass. Now the mustard seed, the reason he said that, you can miss tails, you can miss finish, read it together, but you can't mix mustard with nothing. It won't mix. It's just mustard to be mustard. And if you've got just the least little grain of faith that's genuine mustard seed faith that won't move, stay with it, it'll bring you out. Now, some people have faith like this. Some has that much, some has that much, and some can go over their heads in miracles. But because you haven't got that much, that doesn't mean that you can't be healed. If you have the least little bit of faith, just stay right with it. It'll take you out. Would you believe that? That's the truth. God will make me answer for it if I haven't told you the truth. Can you accept it now upon the basis of God's little girls? You've been healed for the last 20 minutes, honey, sitting there, a little Spanish girl sitting there. Sitting. And so don't worry about that. I see you healed a while ago. Now, notice, look, every person in here can receive their healing right now. When you will believe that you're healed just the same as you believe that's why. Believe that you're healed, accept it, say, thank you, Lord. Walk right away and take it, accept it, upon those bases, and be healed. How many will believe that now? Say amen. All right. I want you to stand up while we have prayer. Look. There's a man sitting here that my heart bleeds for. Come here. Are you a real believer in Christ, brother? You usher, which I see you are. Come here, gentlemen. How you feeling, sister? Better? All right. That's the way to accept it, all. Go home and be well now. You're out of your wheelchair and you go home and be made perfect. I didn't have to lay your hands on her now. God bless you, sister. Your faith is safe. You're a little bit a nice woman. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, thou art here to heal the sick, to perform miracles, to cast out demons, to reveal the secrets of the people's hearts, to call demons by their name, to heal all manner of sickness and diseases among the people. Lord God, we thank you for everything that thou hast done this night, and pray, God, that this will be a great night, that every person in the building may rise as this woman out of a wheelchair just now, standing by faith, believing, God, may they go home, heal every one of them, and may completely hold. I now ask this blessing of their healing through Jesus Christ's name. Nathan? Now, ungodly spirit, you that tries to bind people with unbelief, tries to make them doubt, 
You are a loser. You're defeated. I now plead the blood of Christ around every believer that you, pal, Spirit, spirit, leave this audience in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out from the people. Liberate them. 